Hi, I'm Laura Lee. And I'm Mikkel. And we want to thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of our new mother-daughter podcast, where we chat all things beautiful and ugly about womanhood through the faithful lens of restoration and renewal by Christ. We are going to open up this series with a focus on biblical femininity. But first, since this is our premiere launch, please, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening from. We are available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. So wherever you're tuning in from, please take a moment now and give us a five-star rating and written review that will help us reach more ears that are willing to hear and hearts that are willing to receive. It really helps us further our reach and work for His kingdom here on earth. Alrighty now. All right. Wow, that's a a lot. Um, When you first introduced this topic to me, what is biblical femininity? I'm like, um, I don't know because uh, I just know what the Bible says about Adam and Eve and women, Proverbs 31, but femininity was something that was introduced for me, like my generation back in the 50s, 60s, they weren't really talking about it. 70s, they started the feminist movement and I was getting bombarded with stuff in high school, college, you know, about womanhood. But biblical femininity, that's a whole new thing for me. So maybe you can explain. Yeah, I think for so many of us it is. And that's why I thought it would be a great topic to open with, you know, because when it comes to traditional gender stereotypes, which is not what we used to call it, it just was what it was. There was masculinity and femininity. Now um, it's it's identity is under attack by the enemy. Absolutely. And um, people are confused and there are a lot of broken views and the younger generation, my children are being raised with this as normal. So I think it's more important now than ever to really focus and hone in on what did God intend when he created us because he doesn't make mistakes. That's right. Uh, What did he intend for femininity to really be? Um, So that being aside, you know, Wikipedia (laughs) will tell you that femininity is a set of attributes, behaviors, and roles generally associated with women and girls. Wikipedia says that it can be understood as a social construct and that there is evidence that some behaviors are considered feminine that are influenced by culture factors and biological factors. You know, I think we could stop right there. Like eh, femininity isn't a social construct. It is literally down to the root of creation. And its first mention comes from the book of Genesis Mm -hmm. in 2.18. And we actually have that here for you. Did you want to read it? Sure. And the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a companion who will help him. Quote. Those are the quotes. I love that. (laughs) So interestingly enough, the Hebrew word for helper. And so a lot of people have this broken view of femininity because of the translation of that word. What do you think of when you think of a helper? Well, when you need something, they are there to help you, be alongside you, to, you know. Like assist, right? Yes, assist. (laughs) And it, it can have like a secondary connotation or unfortunately, some an inferior connotation, but that was never the ultimate goal. So the goal, okay, let's go to the, let's go to the word, the word for suitable helper. Okay. The Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper, a ser, suitable, can that go? Those are the Hebrew words. And the word as there, um, 
I love that because you you found things that I've never heard before. When you're going back to the biblical and the Hebrew roots, it has different meaning because I think we lose something in the translation. This you know the Bible's been translated into different languages, but when you look at the root word, you were saying yeah the word is there is used 21 times and it's always in the context of rescuer support so two times in the book of genesis is it used to refer to a woman but three times in the book of ezekiel daniel and isaiah it's used for military aid wow. so it has this like warrior flavor to it and there's another <laughs> kicker 16 times in the old testament it is used for god as israel's helper that is so cool so i, I love mean, the military aspect too because usually women aren't you know we have uh you have a sister-in-law who's in the well two sisters that are in the military and you know yes um I never thought of it that way. Sure, it doesn't <laughs> seem subservient now, right? <laughs> no. And the fact that God himself used it to refer to himself. So like when he was rescuing and helping his people, he used the same word more than any other time in the Old Testament to refer to himself. I don't know about you, but we just got a divine upgrade. Like, <laughs> And so for me, it seems clear that, you know, we weren't created to be something that was subservient necessarily yes submissive but that comes later that actually comes after the fall you know but we're talking before the fall we're mm -hmm. talking chapter two here of genesis yeah. the fall is in chapter three and we can get to that in a, in a later episode okay. um but initially we were a helper with powerful strength that's what that word as there means but there's more when we start to look at that word connecto which is suitable and the Lord used this word on purpose because it doesn't mean that we're just suitable, like in strength to a man. No, it means that we're really, we're perfectly fit. We're divinely complementary. There's no other way to put it. And when you start to look at it that way, it seems a lot more equal than it does. Um, and, and there is an opposite component there, because if you look into the Israeli, if you have a Hebrew scholar explain the word, it's a compound word. And there is a negative connotation there where sometimes it means to go against, but it doesn't mean to go against man when they're going with God. It means that you are there to balance them out so that when they do turn away, like Sephora did with Moses and he was being like disobedient and didn't want to have him circumcised, she was like, I'm going to go do it anyways, because that's what God says. And, you know, so it means that we turn the man's face back towards the Lord. So it's an equal and not opposite strength all the time, but when it's necessary, you know, and I mean, Sir Isaac Newton, there's for every equal, there is an opposite. Mm -hmm. Well, we are that great equality of opposite strength at times for the man. You know, and I think that's a really beautiful way to put it. Also, there's a guy named Dr. Victor Hamilton. He's a well-known author and professor of the Old Testament. And he said it really beautifully. He said, Connecto suggests that what God creates for Adam will correspond to him. Thus, the new creation will be neither a superior nor an inferior, but an equal. The creation of this helper will form one half of a polarity, and it will be as the South Pole is to the North Pole. Oh, wow. It's beautiful like yeah, that. Yeah, it sure is. One wouldn't exist without the other. I mean, no. and right. you need both. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. And that was the divine um, revelation that I received by just looking at the first time God mentions 
what is a woman, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there, can that go? A warrior princess with strength and power that occasionally <laughs> needs to step in with the opposing hand and be like, this is the direction we're supposed to be in. And I think that's right. really, really beautiful. And, and I love the picture too of them helping because I can almost picture like helping hands. They're not supposed to be like, you know, at war with each right. other. And also you mentioned new creation, which is the title of uh, the pot. That's not a podcast. It's uh, on YouTube, the program, New Creation woman we sure. have all these programs on youtube that we've been recording for several years trying to encourage women you know because my generation uh well well you even saw with your your grandmother my mother you know she was a very strong woman she was the youngest of seven children uh, her father died when she was three she grew up during the depression with no money, no food, you know, wore, um, she had to wear her brother's shirts for hand-me-down clothes. But that woman, you know, she just learned to just keep going. She, you just keep going. You put, you get up in the morning and you do what you have to do. And, you know, and that my, our grandmother, my, your great grandmother, she was a very strong woman when they came to take the children because she had no money. She said, no, she had a big shotgun and said, you're not taking my kids. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, and somehow she provided for seven kids food during the depression. So I had to remind your grandmother, you know, um, when my dad, your grandfather passed away because um, it's a lot of women, it seems when I was growing up there, there's some women even now today, you know, they're so enmeshed and, and if, especially if you, they've been married a long time and then one partner dies and the other partner doesn't know how to exist without the other partner. And it's so not many true. times they don't last much longer. You see like these one lifelong goes, couples. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one goes, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, God created a woman, and it says right here in Genesis, like you said, because man's not supposed to be alone, but a companion who will help him. Isn't that beautiful? It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. And so I think, you know, you're right. Like now is the time we have to focus because there is a woke agenda that is plaguing this nation, and they are trying to confuse genders, transgender, you can be a cat. Like people aren't taking pride in identifying and embracing what God created them to be if they only just understand that they were perfect the way that they are. And a lot of ministry likes to focus um, back to that. You know what I mean? Because that's that's restoration. Yes. That's healing. And if you don't know who you are, <laughs> mm -hmm. then how are you going to fix anything else? There's women that are looking for love. And it's like, well, but have you looked inside first? Like, do you love purely what God has created you to be. And I feel like diving into what this biblical femininity is, yes, that is there can that go. The first time God muttered the words for woman, he put in so much compact beauty in there and strength and warrior-like aspects that if more of us sat in that for a moment, you know, we could understand that that's worthy of, of pride, really take pride, right? Yes. But it's, it all comes down to loving yourself and as God loves you, you know, and I know there was a time in my life where I did not like myself, so I could not love myself. And it took a long time, you know, to work through and, and, re, and finally receive that God loves me and yeah. God forgave me for whatever. Uh, and then I could start to learn to like myself and eventually love myself because you really can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself, you, know, 100%. You, you can't give away what you don't have. And until uh, there are so many women, you know, that they just, they, they don't like themselves. Yeah. And so it, it, it's really hard. And they think, 
thinking that if you're going to change from a girl to a boy and maybe you'll like yourself, I don't know if that's the answer. So, you know, that's, it's just bombarded that it's okay to do that. Like, like that's going to, that's going to make you feel better. Um, I think it's a detachment from core aspects of what humanity, what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a male, what it means to be a female, and then fully embracing that as God intended. And it's not necessarily, especially the younger generation's fault because no one's studying this anymore. Like, I, this is the first time we have talked about biblical femininity. I'm 37, you know? We're not going to go there how, how old I am, but I'm up. We, know, we've had a few decades to talk yeah, about yes. it. And, and, you know, I'm glad that we are now because that's that restoration and renewal point. Like, we're mother-daughter. Now I can pass it on to my children. You have grandkids. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not going to be a taboo conversation to have. You know, and I think that also the um, link between femininity and weakness, understanding what Ezer Kenegdo means is eliminated because so many times when I was growing up, I was an athlete and I thought that if I showed too much of my female side, you know, that I, I would be looked at as weak and I was a swimmer, so don't even get me started with transgender swimming because there's no there's no equality in that. You can never be as fast as a man or a transitioned man. Right. And so, um, you know, but I was still trying. That didn't mean that I wasn't trying to beat by tenths of a second what I did last week. Um, you know, so I but again, like that connotation, it, it was something that was a skewed, broken view. And it came from, you know, just wrong ideas growing up that were never actually set right. I thought femininity was that when I grew up, I would wear dresses and do my makeup. You know, I didn't understand (laughs) the gorgeous parts of scripture that God made it so clear. We see that in Proverbs 31. Mm You know, that's one of the most infamous, I think, sections of the Bible when you hear a Proverbs 31 woman and people love to read it at weddings. well, who can be like her? I mean, like, this is like the ideal woman. It's That's what it like, says, but a gem, like, right? Like, yeah. few are, few are. And, but it doesn't mean that we wake up perfect every day, but uh, we can strive for it. Right, right. And the older I get, the more I want to. When I was young, I went through a phase of rebelling against that, you know, because I had a broken view of the core aspect. I thought at the, that the, at the center of that, it was weakness. It was inferiority. It mm-hmm. was this submission that wasn't biblical in my mind. It was, uh, being forced upon me by society, and I couldn't have been more and religion. Wrong. I'm sorry to say, well, a lot of you're right. <laughs> a lot of denominations, and it's historical. Yeah, it's not the problem. You know, no, pre- we didn't start church. this. No, <laughs> Paul <laughs> would have shaken his head and said, you know, yeah, it goes look all what the, way the church is doing today. Yeah, because we're humans and we're broken by nature. You know. Um, But yeah, so Proverbs 33, do you want to read it? Sure. I'm not going to read the whole thing, though. Oh, so 10 through 31 is the real. Uh, Yes. I like 10 starts with, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is worth more than precious rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She will not hinder him, but help him all her life. There's that word again. It's there. Hello, it's in there. She will. She finds wool and flax and busily, busily spins it. She's like a merchant's ship. She brings in her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes out to inspect a field and buys it. 
with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. I love that because this is way back in the Old Testament. And this woman is earning her own money. She's buying her own property, you know, along with doing everything while well, she had servant girls. So how nice was that? She could just tell her servant girls what to do to take care of the house. But, you know, getting up and preparing the breakfast. But she was actually um, an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. That's it's right here. I mean, you know, this just didn't start in the 20th century or 21st century. Uh, verse 17, and I'm reading from, what translation is this? Oh, New Living, New Living Translation, in case you're trying to follow me. 17 says she's energetic and strong, a hard worker. She watches for bargains. Her lights burn late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and she opens her arms to the needy. How far did you want me to go? So 31. Oh, she has no fear of winter for her household because it's uh, all of them have warm clothes. She quilts her own bedspreads, okay. And she dresses like royalty in gowns of the finest cloth. Her husband is well known for he sits in the council meeting with the other civic leaders. Well, I'm sorry, I gotta stop right there. Time out, time out. Because, I mean, these are ideals, okay? Because not every woman, we're talking, I'm, and, and the program New Creation Woman goes into a lot of countries where the women are, they don't have husbands that might be sitting in the councils. And we don't all have husbands who are, you know, to have that prestigious position. What I mean, before I continue, what is your opinion about, you know, this is the ideal? Everything relative. <laughs> You'll see if you keep going. Okay, I'll keep going. She makes belted linen garments and, and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs <laughs> with no fear of the future. I love that, no fear. When she speaks, her words are wise and kindness is the rule when mm. she gives instructions. She carefully watches all that goes on in her household and she does not have to bear the consequences of laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Ah, so it is a cyclical relationship of nobility and honor. So you mentioned there and you got hung up on a second that like, yes, her husband might have sat with councilmen, but putting that whole passage into, into relevancy there, she honors, she serves, she literally does everything for the sake of her family, right? And she does it in nobility with grace. She doesn't let fear take her over. Mm -hmm. She is clothed in strength and dignity. Yes. And so in return, what happens? Her husband honors her, her children honor her. And this becomes a reciprocal relationship by first the woman's servitude towards something, but she got it all back, mm -hmm. you see? And she's that, she's that wheelhouse working constantly lazy as she doesn't suffer the consequence notice how many people even think of consequences of laziness not many right but when you put it into perspective this looks like something worth working for i mean this is literally the dream this is what the girls that reach out to me say how do i get that 
right? And it's like, well, you want to know the truth? It's a lot of work. That's right. It's work. <laughs> and you've got to put it up first. <laughs> Don't expect some man to <laughs> hand you the keys. No, this is a woman that that plowed the vineyard, that bought the, she, you yeah. said it yourself, like she put in the sweat. Yeah. And, and it, it was the equity that brought back that cyclical relationship of nobility. And so wherever high that man was raised to, she was right there with him. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. And she was there because of him. They always say for every great man, there is a great woman behind him, behind the scenes, right? Maybe it comes from that. And here's something really cool. Did you know that people that observe the Sabbath, when they bring in Shabbat for dinner, traditionally, this is read by the husband to the wife every Friday night in front of the whole family. And you were complaining how long it took. Imagine every Friday before the kids get to eat. But also imagine being honored verbally like that by your husband in front of your children every Friday night. Like, I'm not Jewish, but I kind of want to start celebrating Shabbat, husband. Wait a minute, I've been to a few of those and I didn't hear them It's the Proverbs 31. It's usually done right before the Kaddush wine blessing. Yeah, that's Um, usually where. But it's every every Friday night. So wow, imagine like how inspiring to bring that into the, the, weave that into the breath of your family life. And you know, what I took away from all that too is that, you know, this woman accepts herself. She has yes. come to accept herself. Apparently, also she is, you know, has approval from the Lord, and you know, no fear. Fear of the Lord. Yes. It was right at the end. The yes. last verse is about fearing the Lord. She doesn't worry about the future. And right now, with our economy, and I have friends that are, oh, uh, just uh, what crippled do, yeah, by anxiety. What do I do? Yes, yeah. I mean it's 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 stifling. But, <laughs> but but we don't walk in fear, no. you know, because we know that the Lord shall supply all of our needs right. according to His riches. Amen. Glory, and he owns all the cattle on the hills. So Amen. we're going to be okay. Amen. Amen. And so I think that that's like a, a really gorgeous example of what biblical femininity and owning your identity according to God, being made in His image, uh, will help you flourish in every aspect of your life. Because that family life sounds pretty good to me, mm-hmm. what she's got going on there, yeah. you know? And like you said, no, no, I don't know anyone that actually owns all of those every single day. But if you woke up and just picked one of those things to work towards, you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe sitting in the council is like sitting in a church group. Maybe you have a life group that you can serve in together, or there's always an opportunity. Right. And that's why I said everything relative, because sure, not all of us are government officials. Right. Thank God. <laughs> well, imagine the weight of that job. No, thank you. So, that's and okay. we pray for you <laughs> yes, all the time. Right? All the time. God yes. bless you. <laughs> but we all are, are are called to our certain, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, aspects of leadership, even if it's in your own home. That's right. I mean, being a parent is a huge <laughs> undertaking and, and a grandparent and a ministry leader or someone that wants to start a podcast and talk to other people that yeah. you can't see or hear. But trust that the Lord is using you because that's what I saw more than anything was that she had the servant's heart, not just for her family, but unto the Lord with excellence. Yes. And we have those opportunities every single day, whether it's in washing the dishes, you know, instead of, cause sometimes I get there in the morning and I'm like, why I, I left this kitchen clean. Who was eating in the middle of the night and 30 minutes of my day starts like, but if I do it unto the Lord and I take that time and I pray and I ask him, Hey, okay, this is, this is not how I want to start my day, but where are you going to take it from here? Mm-hmm. Let me be a vessel to you. Like, boom, flashing ideas will come into my <laughs> mind. And by the time I'm done with that dial soap, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a lot cleaner than when I started yes. mentally, physically. And so those are opportunities that I think 
would do us all well, being biblically feminine, right? Because we are warrior princesses. We That's do right. have that strength. Yes. And it's how we want to use it. And we want to use it to be complementary to the people that we are aligned with. Whether or not you have a husband, I'm sure you have a coworker, or you have a peer, or you have someone that you could show up and be that as their connecto for, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to mm -hmm. be for life. Mm -hmm. Like we deal with people all day long. Right. So be a, be a vessel. Right. It's, it's a goal. I think a lot of these things are goals and something to strive for. But also what you just said, every person, every woman has a calling. Yes. Every woman, there is, and if you don't know what it is, pray and ask God because he will show you. Because if you're just sitting home and like, I don't know what to do. And there's a lot of needs out there. So, oh, yeah. you know, so I, many. Um, if you don't have a husband, if you have a husband, then that's, you're supposed to be his partner and you're supposed to be working alongside him and helping him and encouraging him. If you have children, Lord knows you need to be present for that. I see so many parents that are just, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of them that are on their own iPhones and they're not looking and the kids are on their iPhones. Nobody's I talking. I say 90% of parenting Nobody's is talking. being present. Yes. You know, showing up. 90% is just showing up, being present. Yeah. Because, um, it, you can't, you can't get that time back, you know, and, and we're guilty. Like we have a three-year-old and sometimes we let him, you know, YouTube for a few too many hours in a row, uh, because we also have a nine month old and two teens. And so like letting iPads babysit is convenient, especially when they're in the safety of the center of my kitchen where I can but keep an eye. But you don't do it for hours. <laughs> I mean, listen, nobody's perfect, but we're still present. We're still around, yeah. right? And, and you um, put on educational things. I've seen the things. He's, yeah, he's watching. Well, it's easy now. Learning, They're learning, learning to things. speak. Yes, and, it's not yeah. just junk and fluff. But yeah. again, like we do have some guilt over that or remorse, but you know what? Like we're still there. They're not... Um, with nannies 24 seven or being raised by, you know, you guys help a lot, but otherwise we don't, you know, we, we luckily are very present for them. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy raising children. It's a, you know, full-time job. And then so many people are working outside the home. So, right. you know, you come home, if you're working outside the home, you're tired from working all day. And, you know, I, I think I forget the statistics, but you know, we all do the best we can. Yes. And I had to, you know, realize that my mother was a stay-at-home mother, but that didn't mean she was present. She was right. there, but she was, you know. And there's <laughs> been like things. a resurgence in taking pride in that role now yes. because for so long, I think it's a branch of feminism. Like it made us feel like we should get out there and earn equal wages. And actually now with <laughs> inflation and even with two in incomes, the houses are struggling. Um, but that's become the norm, right? Both mm -hmm. parents work. Yeah. And so who's left for the kids? And so you end up working to pay for someone else to work and watch your kids. Like I know my family, we cut close every month because we've got two kids in daycare so that we can both work. And you know, we have to really maximize that present time. So yes. like weekends or after school or the tradition of bathing, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it can be a zoo, <laughs> but that is in the end of the day, that's those present moments that mm -hmm. they go by so quickly yeah. and they can be really hard in the heat of it but that's where we embrace that biblical femininity of that servitude to unto the household you know what i mean and and not just being like well i can pay someone to do that for me and yeah. be as little present as possible because you know i'm out there competing with my my male counterparts like no you're helping and they're supposed to be helping you right. know yeah. and it's not all up to you right uh, but i was a single mom for 12 years and it was all up to me but even in that 
you know, I still, I will say that I wish I had more of a mind for biblical femininity because it would have helped keep me grounded while I was working both roles, you know? Um, but again, there's that warrior strength. Like it just, you pull through no yeah. matter what your situation is. And yes. we don't know who's listening. They could have even more different situations than that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm sure someone's been there. Yes. I know I've been there. <laughs> like I did 12 years as a single mom and, you know, we do make up for the counterparts that aren't provided, mm -hmm. but I never gave up on God giving me that husband. And he yes. did, you know, and giving me that family life. And is it work? Yes. Is it more work or less work? I won't say. It depends on what day it is. <laughs> well, I mean, don't talk to me about today. We're fighting over cats. I don't want these cats anymore. My husband loves cats. Who would have thought? Marine, you know, big muscle guy, secret cat lady. Thanks a lot. So, and they ruined my furniture. But so today it's a little harder. But, yeah. but yesterday it was easier when yeah. he did the, the laundry. But yeah. he is an he, he loves you. He honors you. He respects you. He's like the, the Marine that's in the movies. And yes, um, he's wonderful. And he's a and wonderful he's a gift father. from God, hundred percent. But everything that you pray for or any gift that you receive, remember, it's not always going to be perfect. Like, like we in, have these ideas in the movies that right? if we just keep, and I feel like that's what these kids are transitioning for. Like they think that if they become something else, that their stress will go away, that their depression will go away, that, that they'll be more connected to what they were created to be and in the end of the day that's what this whole conversation was about that god created man and woman equal that's yes. actually in genesis 1 26 through 28 we don't have time to read it but it's, it's clear that he created them male and female yep. right and so we're equal but we're different and we should embrace exactly how he created us to be biblically feminine Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's a great topic. Thank you for introducing that. And Oh, there's much more to come. I think, you know, that on this like topic, we, we explained as their connecto because that's the root of everything. That's the first time God talked about a woman. But, you know, biblical femininity as being in a home, you know, mm -hmm. it might not be what you're thinking. Like it doesn't really necessarily mean being a wife or owning or renting, but having the personality of being a home, the woman. Okay. Like wherever we are, home is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that would be a cool topic to just, um, discuss. We can talk about self-care, you know, more than just the superficial, like beauty being an attribute of God. And so therefore how we harness that. And, you know, if you guys have any specific topics that you'd like us to cover in regards to biblical femininity, just hop on over to Facebook or Instagram, you know, drop us a comment, let us know. We would love to connect with you. In the meantime, may his peace and grace go with you wherever you are throughout each and every moment of your day. God bless you, sweet sisters.